This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. The Lord began to stir with me about this weekend, and I actually called on many of you to help me this weekend uh, in preparation because I knew the enemy didn't want this message to come today. I believe God wants to speak to us today. I believe God wants to change our hearts, change our lives. Uh, A friend of mine kindly enough loaned me a boat. I want to preach a message today called Get Out of My Boat. Um, But until you learn this mighty statement of faith, I don't know if you can ever really get free. Get out of my boat. Matter of fact, why don't you try it with me because some of you need to learn it. Get out of my boat. Father, we want to learn that today. We want you to change our hearts, change our lives, and make us into what you want us to be. Lord, this is not about another message. This is about obeying you. Change us, God, from the inside out. Let us become what you want us to be. Let us glorify your name. For Father, we know you're concerned about what is in our life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let the boat today represent your life. And let us go to the book of Jonah, chapter number one, verse number one. You'll notice it'll come up on the screen there for you. Uh, I want you to get this message in your heart. Jonah 1, 1, I'm going to read to you quite a bit of scripture today. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. Let's just sum it up in relation to us. This is what I want you to do, Jonah. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. God said, this is what I want you to do. And Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. What way did he go? The opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Notice this, when you're going in the opposite direction from the Lord, there's only one way you can go. And he went down. I don't know if you see that or not, but when you're going in the opposite direction of God's plan for your life, there's only one direction, and that is on a downward spiral to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. I think it's important to notice he is not the only one who bought a ticket. There were other people who this was their dream trip. The people that have saved up for years showed up at national parks and turned away. Someone else's decisions have affected their life. There were people on this boat who had the right to be on this boat. He bought a ticket, but the Lord, watch this, hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the people who had the right to be there, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help. And notice this, 
They threw the cargo, no, threw the cargo, whose cargo? Their cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. And then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused this terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded, and who are you? What is your line of work? Oh my goodness, it just hit me. He's about to say, I'm a disobedient preacher. (laughs) What country are you from? I'm a child, I'm a disobedient child of God who preaches. What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Watch what they say. Why, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Jonah's reply, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Jonah knew why he was where he was. Wow. Huh. My goodness. Verse 13, instead. I believe some of you have had some instead moments in your life. The sailors rode even harder to get the ship, the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God, O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. Some of you are ready to die for somebody else's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up, threw him into the raging sea, and notice this, the storm stopped at once. And the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. May the Lord bless his word. Amen? Sometimes, folks, it becomes necessary in life for us to stop pressing against the wind and ask ourselves, who or what have we allowed into our boat? You see, most of the time when we read this story, we focus on the main character, Jonah, and his disobedience and the storm that it brought. But today I want us to notice that Jonas was running from God on somebody else's boat. Pay attention now. He's on somebody else's boat And by being on their boat, they were faced by storms not of their making. In order to clean out our boat, in order to get our boats empty to where we can head toward God's plan for our life, we have to understand what about Jonah was causing the problem to spread like cancer into the lives of the fellow passengers. And I want you to notice two things from verse number three that are so important. Watch this. He was going in the opposite direction of the command of God. Verse two said God said go, but Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord and that direction led him in a downward direction because he went down to Joppa. 
I think it's important that you see this, guys, because in our lives, we allow things into our boat that cause us to go in the opposite direction than God's plan that cause us to compromise our faith, that cause us to compromise who we are. Let me help you identify those things. If it's something in your life that you know you've got to disobey God to go deal with it, then you're headed in the wrong direction and it'll only lead you one place, that's down. One man came up to me in the last service afterwards. He said, Pastor, he said, I thought you were reading my mail up there. He said, I've been traveling away from home, away from there. He said, and I've formed an addiction. And he said, not only did you hit it the nail on the head, he said, every time I realized that addiction's not in my home, he said, to get to the store, I get that addiction in. He said, I have to drive down a hill opposite from my home, go down a hill to get it. He said, and the whole time I'm driving down a hill, I know I'm driving down a slippery slope. Are you with me? The reason that the boat was in trouble was because things on that boat could not be there unless they were headed in an opposite direction than the plan of God. Now, I'm going to ask you a simple question. We have three cultures here, Saturday night at 6, Sunday morning at 9.15, and Sunday at 10.45. And now we have, somebody said, what happened to the fourth one? They're up here with us with the radios now. We're so thankful for that. But listen to me now. Some of you need to help me prove that this is not the quiet service. Because you know I'm preaching truth to you. You know this thing's in your life you have no business doing, and you know that you cannot go toward God and do those things, so you have to turn your boat away from the promises you made God and head the other direction the whole time going against the flow because God's grace is pushing you to him, but you're determined to get somewhere you have no business being. Amen. And far too many times, we allow people, habits, relationships, and problems to take a ride on our boat. We carry them along with us. Because what's this now? We think, are you ready for this? We think everybody else misunderstands them. We bring them home to meet mama and daddy, and we go, nobody understands them. Let me tell you, the problem might not be that they don't not understand them. The problem might be they do understand them and they know they're taking you in a wrong direction. Amen. But you see, the problem is this. People like that will make you feel responsible for them. Before long, you'll be having to empty out your boat to make room for their junk. We know they're not healthy relationships. It's time for us to learn to say, you ready for this? I need you to help me. It's time for us to learn to say, get out of my boat. I can't take it anymore. I've gone the wrong direction. You see, I have tasted of the Lord and I have seen that he's good and I've got to move toward God. It's time for you to realize that God has a place for you. God has a cause for you to take up. God has a destination of destiny in mind for you. It's time for you to get your boat headed in the right direction. But as you do, there will be stowaways. Come on now. 
there will be stowaways who want to either sink your boat or allow you to pay the price for them. And it's time for you to learn to say, get out of my boat. Come on now. Somebody go, I'm afraid I'm going to offend somebody. Let me tell you something. If they're pulling you down, it's time for you to get past. I'm afraid I'm going to offend somebody and get serious about it and say, get out of my boat. I'm going to where Jesus is. And let me show you why you've got to learn to say this, why those habits, those struggles, those problems, those, th- those dark things have got to be dealt with. Watch this, verse number four. Some of you are tired of living this way. Ready? But the Lord, God's good. What's the word say? He chastens those that he loves. In other words, he disciplines those that he finds value in. My goodness, how many of you are thankful for that? That he disciplines those that he loves enough to say, you might have been headed in the wrong direction, but you messed up and called out and called me father. And because you called me father, I'm going to turn this ship and I'm going to get you headed back in the right path. Amen. And the Lord, watch this, hurled a powerful wind over the sea causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. I'm tired of people saying, oh, God doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. It might be his love that's pushing you the other way. See, God sends storms against those who are not walking his direction. Verse number five, fearing for their lives, the desperate uh, sailors shouted to their their gods for help. They threw their cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all the time, watch this, Jonah was sound asleep down in the boat. Who was fearing for their lives? The people who had a right to be there. Was Jonah afraid? Nope. It was those who had the right to be on the boat who were paying the price. And in case you haven't understood it, there's a bondage, there's a struggle, there's an addiction, there's a friend that you've been carrying along that's costing you more than you ever imagined. Many of us can't let go of that relationship. You know that person, that one that pulls you down and holds you back. Maybe it's that person that's, who's always been your best friend, but they can't help but invite you to bars and parties. Pastor, what do I do? I've told you there's a statement of faith. It's going to hurt. It's not going to be fun, but you're going to have to make a decision. Look, I get close to God, and every time you get close to me, I find out that I'm turning the other direction from where I prayed and called on God, so there's not but one choice here because I'm not going to turn back. You see, I've made up my mind. My boat's headed toward God. I will see the the favor of the Lord. I will see the blessings of God, so there's one choice. Get with it or get out of my boat. You see, they don't understand. Watch this. They don't understand the storms. Watch this now. They think the storms are normal life. They think everybody has to suffer like this. They think everybody has to have pain like this. They think, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost of God. They think everybody has to go around wondering whether or not this might be the last night before yesterday catches up with them. But they don't understand. I have found one who said, I have cleansed you of your yesterday. I have given you a good tomorrow and you can know me today when you let me in your boat, amen. My goodness. Somebody said, Pastor, somebody threw gas on your fire. I feel it. 
But you see, when you've had a glimpse of clear skies, you can't settle for shades of gray. He went there. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> You're sitting around going, whoa, oh me, oh my. It's time for you to pick that junk up and say, I can't have a healthy marriage. Feeling mind full of, my mind full of junk. Get out of my boat. I wish somebody help me with a statement of faith. What is it? Get out of my boat. Mm. Notice this now. Also what those who had been on there for the right purpose were doing. Watch this. What did they have on their boat? Everything they had worked for. Their harvest. The things they had built, the things that were going to supply for their family through the hard times were on the boat. And what were they doing? They were throwing things overboard. They were throwing their future away just so Jonah could stay asleep. Watch out now. You see, some of us got Jonahs asleep in our boat. We call them addictions and problems. We, matter of fact, I, I like to call them this. You ready for this? Pet sins. Preaching truth now. We over here, and we out here going, I can't make it, I can't make it, I can't make it. And they're over here. Some of you go, that sounds awful. Watch out now, it gets worse. We're fighting, we're fighting. Watch out now, watch what happens. We're throwing our destiny away. We're throwing our purity away. Trying to hold on. Rowing against the wind, rowing against God's favor, rowing against God's strength. Come on now, God's trying to bless us, and we're going the opposite directions. We're running away from God. We're running, the storm's fighting. It's not, it's not easy to run away from the things of God. And soon enough, before long, watch this. We don't get mad at what's over here. We get mad at who's up there. And we go over here and wake him up and indulge with him a little while. I feel a little better about myself. Now let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And I get over here, and before long, what once satisfied becomes my bondage, and then it becomes my shame. Preaching truth now. Anybody getting anything out of this? You see, whoo, come on now. Many times I see people tossing their dreams away, trying to hold on to something that had no right being in their boat in the first place. We spend our lives waiting on everyone else, waiting for someone to decide where we are going to eat, because... I don't care. You know what? I thought about naming a restaurant. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> what y'all hungry for? I don't care. Where you going to go? Doesn't matter to me. Hey, that's all. Let's go. You'd make a million. Amen. Amen. You wait on everybody else to pick where you're going to go eat. You're waiting to see if you're going to get fired from a job you don't like anyways. You say, Pastor Don, we don't live like that. We do in God's house. We wait to see if others are going to worship to decide if we are. We need what God has in these altars. I'm telling you, there's wonder working power that works down here in this place. And we sit back and we wonder if somebody else is going to break the chain first so that just maybe I'll get up the nerve to go forward. It's time for us to realize something. We're allowing problems and, and timidity and struggles and all the sin and all the shame to hold us back long enough. They've got a hold of us, but we need to make a decision. He said, I could boldly approach the throne of grace. And the devil is trying to hold me back. The sin, the shame, the problems, they don't understand 
understand. My God's calling me forward. Enemy, get out of my boat. I'm going to get to where God's called me to. I'm not giving up. Somebody go, Pastor Don, this is just silly. All you've taught us is get out of my boat. Don't you understand if you'd catch that, you could walk in victory. I had one of the most unique problems last night in worship. Not only was I singing with the team, but there was a problem. You know what the problem was? I had a pretty good week. Maybe you're not getting that. Things that normally sidetrack me, I did pretty good with. I beat them back a little bit. Come on now. And the devil started showing up. Instead of saying, you're not worthy, he started saying, oh, you are. And I said, no, 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 no. I am not worthy. You see, whether I've done good or I've done bad, it does not change the fact that he is my father and he loves me unconditionally. And I will come into his presence, not of my righteousness, but of his, because Jesus is the only answer. Are you with me? Somebody said, Pastor, what was the key to you doing that? I'd like to tell you it was to just get out of my boat. And the other key was I didn't have time to breathe. So the victory is yours. Stay busy doing something for Jesus. Come on now. Amen. Woo, I didn't mean to tell you that, but somebody needs to understand idle time puts bad things in your boat. But he that has begun a good work in you is faithful to carry it through to his completion. Now, where's Jonah all this time? Where was Jonah? Asleep, down. He's still down in the boat. You see, Jonah didn't care about the boat. He was just along for the ride. You need to realize something. I'm preaching to you now. Listen to me. You need to get this. You need to realize that there's some people in your life that just won't have what you have to offer. They will suck you dry and then criticize you while you walk away. They will use you and bruise you. For example, this is blunt. If he won't marry you but wants all the benefits of marriage, it's time for you to step up and say, get out of my boat. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's time for you to make a decision. If all you want me to do is, is to, 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 to turn myself in a direction that takes me away from God and involve myself with things that have no business being done by a child of God, then you need to understand there's a new phrase that's come to this house. It's not, well, do you love me? It's get out of my boat because I met one who loves me more. Watch this now. Then the cast and crew... The crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storms. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Watch this now. Up to this point, the problem was who was in the boat. But at this point, something changes. Now, the fault becomes of the person who lets him stay in the boat. You see, these poor sailors are doing whatever they can to figure out what's wrong, but Jonah already knew. I think most of us know... Already now, what needs to get out of your boat? As a matter of fact, for a lot of you, when I said you saw where I was going this, you knew exactly what sin we were talking about. You knew exactly what relationship we were talking about, and you knew exactly what places you need to stop going. Come on now. Somebody said, if we say amen real good, he might hurry up. Uh-oh, I can preach here a little bit then. Watch this now. They just didn't want to repent. 
We can't bring ourselves sometimes to say, what? What? Oh, I thought you were getting this. But instead, we carry on like these sailors. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault, and you know what the problem is. Amen. You know what the problem is. But listen to verse 13 instead. I don't condemn you because I've had a whole lot of insteads. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder trying to get the ship to land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. How many times in your life have you said, I'll just row a little harder? How many times have you said, I'll just have to repent, thank God for grace? And we know it has no business in our life. Instead. My goodness. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land now. We've been rowing a little harder and we don't want to break the connection. But listen to me now. If it's causing you to back up, back down, or backslide, honey, it's time for you to say, get out of my boat. I can't take it anymore. Amen. Folks, if you could get this phrase, oh, but the devil made me do it. No, the devil did it because you let him in your life. Preaching truth now. The bad thing is, when you preach a sermon like this and you go, huh? There's three pointing right back at you. Whew. Amen. Watch this. Some of you just say, Pastor, I, I don't think it could be that simple. You'd be amazed what would happen if you cleaned out your boat. You see, I, you know, I'll never forget... When I decided that, that Christina and I were going to get married, I thought the wisest thing to do would be to get rid of any memorabilia from any other girlfriends. Because I didn't want her to find my little red book. Plus, I didn't need that little red book there on the day I got a little mad at her. I'll never forget that day. I went outside and I found me a little fire pit. And I took those phone numbers and I threw them in the fire. I really did. Smart man. I threw anything maybe that I'd had, you know, just threw it in there with it. If it had been in value, I might have sold it, but I just threw it in there with it. And it burned up. Because I knew... My decision was made. You see, I had to put it out of my boat. Am I making sense to anybody today? I had to get it out of my life. We've had fun with this sermon today. It's a little different than normal teaching sermon. But listen to me. You need to get there. I've heard stories recently of people going home and, and getting rid of stuff. Pouring it out, breaking it down. Let me just explain to you. If, if, if her texts make you smile, take her number out of your phone. Amen. Unless it's your wife. <laughs> then you'd have some explaining to do. Amen. <laughs> but take a different route. If when you see 
this person, it causes you to have to turn your ship. I'm preaching truth now. If every time you get mad, you find yourself doing A, B, C, or D, get rid of A, B, C, or D. Get it out of your boat. Because watch what happens when you do. Verse number 15. I want you to get this. I want you to, I want you to see this. Look, 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 verse number 15. I want you to get it very carefully. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. Watch this. And the storm stopped at once. The storm stopped at once. And watch verse number 16. Then the sailors picked him up, threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once, and the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice, and they vowed to serve him. Wait a minute now, Pastor. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me the wind was swirling, the boat was going under, everything around them is rocking. And all they do is pick up Jonah and go, and the Bible says the minute he hit that water, boom, it was beautiful. Could you imagine that? The minute he hit the water, boom, what would you do? Dude, did you see that? I mean, like, boom. He can do that? I don't think you're getting the point. The moment they heard he was the problem, they tried a little harder. The moment they got in line with the command of God and got him out of their boat, immediately, when? Immediately, things change. What am I trying to tell you? That the moment you make a decision to declare, get out of my boat, it's also called confession. You have no place here. I'm a child of the king. You will not dwell in me any longer. And immediately, God starts working for you. Immediately. Break it. Throw it away. Dump it out. Cast it away. Cut it off. But immediately, my God will make a difference for you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Stand with me if you would today. Some of you need to get your boat cleaned out. And you too will be amazed by the power of God's favor in your life. I'll never forget, I was a, not a youth pastor yet. I was a junior youth minister. Not like middle school, it was more of a Sunday school teacher. And I thought it was a good idea to take a group of our boys on a hike up Blood Mountain. I would not find God in that today. And there was this one young, very athletic boy, our sister Judy's oldest son, Paul, and he was always everywhere. But on this day, he wasn't. Normally it was, Paul, wait up. This day it was, Paul, catch up. I was like, Paul. You got to keep up, son. I can't stretch between the first person and the back person. You got to keep up. I can't. I can't. I'm tired. I said, Paul, what's the problem? He said, my pack's too heavy. 
I said, Paul, you're, you're strong. And get up. And I finally, about 30, 40 minutes of, of the problem, I finally said, give me that bag. Threw it on my shoulder. Tried to act like a man. I said, boy, what did you do? Put the kitchen sink in here? He said, no, I just got some stuff. I said, go, catch up. So he's trying to catch up. I'm trying to do double time, trying to catch up, and I'm carrying that my bag plus his bag. And I'm something wrong in my boat now. Come on. And I, I finally get up. I'm like, y'all gonna have to wait. I sit down. I'm like, I mean, I'm just sitting there. That thing is. I was like, Paul, what do you have in this backpack, son? He said. Oh, I found this big rock down at the base of the mountain. It was beautiful, and I just couldn't leave it there. I threw it at him and said, carry it yourself, boy. Last time I ever carried anything for that boy. As dumb as that may be in that story, some of you carrying a bunch of junk. It has no business being in your boat. It caught your eye once, and now you can't get, can't get rid of it. You don't understand. He looked at the woman who had done unbelievable things and said, Woman, look, go your way and send no more. What? Let me translate it. Get it out of your boat. Come meet a man who's told me everything I've ever done. But he gave me a drink of water. What did he do? He said, stop carrying it in your boat. I'd already know it. Give it to me and I will give you a life worth living. Are you with me today? Get it out of your boat. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. There are people here today that don't need a long altar call to understand what God's talking about in you. If you know the moment I said what needs to be out of your boat, you knew what I was talking about. Today, you want to change that. Can I see your hand if that's you? Wow, wow. Hands all over this place. Wow. You can put those down. Father, I pray for the grace of God that as they repent and as they are determined to throw it out of their boat, that your victory will come to them like never before. Let them be awestruck by the victory of confession. For Father, now we confess this as sin and we confess that it has no place in our lives. Help us to overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That it's not just us, but we are invoking the power of confession which says you have no place here because this area has been turned over to God. Enemy, get out of our boat. We've got somewhere to go for God. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Today, as I'm talking to you, there's no doubt in my mind there are people here that say, Pastor Don, my boat's never headed in the right direction. I've never really completely surrendered my life to Christ. Or if you have, it's been so long. It's been so long. Since you have had it head in the right direction, you say, I don't even know if he remembers where I am. Today, we believe that God, in the fullness of his power and his victory, wants to wash you clean and take control of your life. 
by becoming the savior of your boat. See, Jesus was picky about who was with him in his boat. He only allowed certain ones to come to certain levels. But they got to go there because they were in his boat. There's a happiness and a joy and a peace you can find in Christ when you give the boat to him. When nobody's looking around and I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not calling you from where you are. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I either need to give my life to Jesus Christ or I need to recommit my life to Christ. We've been praying for you. God's drawing you right now. If that's you, I just want to see your hand straight up in the air as high as you can see. Hold it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Hold them up high. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Put those down. There's been four today. Are, are there more? Today's the day for you to get things right, to determine what's going to be in the boat of your life. Today's the day. I'm looking through the balconies now. Maybe you're up there. Today's the day. Coming to the floor. Looking around. This is your day. This is your moment. This is your time. And listen, the enemy does not want you to think that what God's about to do is going to make a real difference. But I'm about to tell you that the Word of God says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, that not only will it make a mighty difference here, but it will change your eternity. Right here, right now, there are some people making their life right with Jesus Christ. Why don't you join hands with the person next to you, if you would, today? And we're going to pray this prayer of faith together today. The Bible said, if you pray it believing, then in Jesus' name, you would be forever changed. While I'm praying for these that need salvation, some of you are going to need to lift up family members. You need to lift up lost family members, hurting family members, while we're praying for these. So that one day you might hold their hand as they pray like many families are now. Let's pray together. Jesus, right now, I believe your word. In Jesus' name, I confess I am a sinner. Father, forgive me of my sins. From this moment on, I receive your grace. In Jesus' name, all that I've ever been, all that I'll ever be, and all that I am, I give to you. In Jesus' name, I believe he came for me, he died for me, he arose for me, and now I declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, this matter is settled. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering today. Hallelujah! today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.